Welcome back, Rosebuds, for another volume of Ghost Tales to Tell in the Dark. We have three stories again for you today. Our stories today have a bit of a theme. These are stories about family legends and lore. I think it's always fun to hear stories from our parents and relatives. Today, two of our stories are true, and one of them is not. So listen all the way to the end, and I'll reveal fiction or truth. The House in Florida by Natural Strategy 9714. Today I'm going to post about my dad's old house in Clearwater, Florida. My grandparents moved out there in the early 90s and the whole family experienced weird things there. I wonder if anyone who's lived in the house after them or even now experienced these things as well. My grandpa bought this foreclosed house. They lived in a condo or something in the meantime while they finished the house. My uncle told me that when he went there to smoke and chill with friends, the house had pentagrams spray painted on the walls and empty beer cans everywhere. So he just assumed teens used the house to party and do weird shit while it was empty. He took a girl there one day and said he heard pipes banging upstairs, and when he went to the spot that he heard it, the pipes started banging downstairs, and he thought it was really weird. They finally moved in, and my aunt, the youngest sibling, came home from her first day of school crying. She said the kids were telling her how a girl hung herself in the attic. That's where both of my aunts slept. The attic wasn't like a crawl space either. It was a finished room. My other aunt, the oldest sibling, said that the initials of the girl who supposedly killed herself was carved into the windowsill. My dad said he'd always see a girl in white in the house, but never really thought anything of it. My dad's side of the family are hardcore realists. He said he remembers sleeping and feeling the pressure of someone getting into bed with him, but no one was there. He'd sometimes even feel someone breathing on his neck. Craziest story is the oldest aunt got engaged, and her fiancé was at the house playing cards with the family, and they both told me that clear as day, they saw a woman walking, floating in the kitchen up to the attic. She had white on and something white on her head. They were confused because my youngest aunt had gone to bed about an hour before. So my aunt ran upstairs to check if it was her sister, thinking maybe she had just showered. But my aunt was passed out, dry hair and not wearing white. My grandpa is a foreign Albanian man. I mention this is important because Albanian men have a way of thinking that talking about this kind of stuff is embarrassing. So the fact that he admitted it was true means it definitely happened. He also said that he would see a girl walking around the house. One time he got so upset that she wasn't answering him because he thought it was his daughter. He walked around the entire house looking for her but didn't find anyone. Years later, one of the family members, after moving out, mentioned how they used to see a girl walking around. Everyone looked at everyone else and had one of those OMG, I saw it too moments. I have so many more stories to tell, but this is just one of many. Lady on the River by Catfan22 This is a story my mother told me long before that movie La Llorona came out. 
I'm still unsure if this story is true or just something my mom made up. Although, I will vouch for my mother in saying she's a pretty straight-laced person who isn't prone to make stuff up for attention. I've often thought about it and wondered what her motive would have been if she did make this up, and I can't really think of anything. Anyway, if you aren't familiar with the tale of La Llorona, it's a legend in the Mexican culture about a ghostly weeping woman who has lost her children and searches for them particularly near rivers or streams. This legend was perhaps made more popular by the movie that came out a few years ago, I believe in 2019. My mother grew up in Southern California where the legend of La Llorona is pretty well known due to the large population of Latinas in the SoCal area. She told me a story about how her and her friends witnessed something that was eerily reminiscent of the tale of La Llorona, and how they had no explanation for it. During her college years, that would have been in the mid-70s, she attended school in Central California. Her friends wanted to go camping up in the famous Big Sur area one weekend where the world-renowned redwood trees grow. Now, if you've never been to a forested area like Big Sur, let me tell you that even in the daytime, there are parts of the forest that are dark and creepy due to the thick underbrush and the huge towering trees blocking out the light. She had never been to Big Sur and thought this would be fun, so they gathered supplies and off they went. Back in the 70s, there weren't many manicured camping grounds out there or forest rangers dictating where you could and couldn't camp. So they just drove along down dirt roads for quite some time until they found a spot that looked good. They pitched their tent near the river and started gathering wood for a fire. Because it was the 70s, I do wonder if my mother and her friends were high on something and hallucinated this. She swore that she wasn't into that stuff and her friends were the only ones getting stoned. However, I think she just said that to try and save face in setting a good example for her daughter. Anyway, they're all winding down for the night and about to go to bed when they hear a sound off in the distance that sounds different than the normal wooded backdrop noises. They all go silent and strain to listen. It sounds like it's coming from upstream. They keep listening and the noise is getting louder. My mom said it sounded like a banshee, but quieter. It was definitely shrill. They all just sat there terrified, and then watched as they saw what looked like a ghostly woman in white floating on an old-fashioned raft, just floating downstream on the river. They were so spooked by this, they packed up in the middle of the night and left. None of them went camping in Big Sur ever again. In fact, my mother was not a big fan of camping at all, and even when I was a kid growing up, she wouldn't camp anywhere else except manicured places like KOAs. Again, not sure if the group hallucinated this apparition, but either way, I'm sure it was scary as hell. Sleeping on the Tundra by Reindeer Are Awesome this is a story I heard from my uncle. There was a Norwegian man, let's call him Oli, who was hiking over the tundra. Oli was enjoying the tundra. The weather had been nice, and he had been lucky with fishing. 
He'd been setting up his tent by different lakes so he could fish and stay the night there. One day, when he was walking, he saw an ATV driving towards him. It was an old man who was a reindeer herder. The man stopped by Oli. He introduced himself as Johan. Oli and Johan stood there and talked for a solid hour. Johan asked him where he was going, how the fishing was. He also asked him to try and not disturb the reindeer if he was to see them again. Johan left Oli some parting words. He said, I will give you one bit of advice. Next time you set up a tent, ask nature if you are allowed to rest here. The dead don't like seeing a camp sitting on their path across the endless tundra. Then Johan drove off. Oli waved goodbye, but he laughed a bit to himself. The dead, what nonsense. Oli continued walking and found a beautiful lake he could rest by. He set up his tent and started fishing. Hours went by and it was turning dark. Since this was late August, the midnight sun had stopped shining and it would be pitch black by nightfall. As it turned dark, he ate the arctic char that he caught and went to sleep. But as he was laying down, he felt a cold chill run down his spine. It wasn't cold outside or anything, but he was still cold. Oli crept inside his sleeping bag and felt warm again. An hour went by. Suddenly he heard something outside. A clicking sound. And it was coming closer to his tent. Oli grabbed his flashlight and went outside. He shined a light towards the sound. He saw a small group of reindeer running away into the darkness. Ollie let out a small sigh of relief. He went inside his tent and went back to sleep. An hour went by and he heard a sound again. It was like something was scraping the ground. He took the flashlight and went outside. This time he saw a fox running away. Again, he went back to sleep. Again, an hour went by. This time, it sounded like someone walking outside the tent. Ollie thought to himself, it's probably just another animal walking around. But the footsteps didn't go away. Ollie took his flashlight and went outside. But this time, there was nothing there. He looked around, nothing. He thought that maybe he was imagining things. Ollie went to his tent again and went to sleep. But this time, he wasn't able to fall asleep. He lay there for quite some time before finally drifting off to sleep. But not even ten minutes later, he felt a cold breeze coming in. He woke up to see the tent door was open. He was pretty sure that he closed it, but since it was getting a bit hot inside the tent, he decided to keep the tent open. He slept for some time. Suddenly, he woke up for no reason. His eyes widened to the size of dinner plates as he saw something in the door. Two white hands were reaching for his legs. Before he could react, the hands grabbed his legs and started pulling him out of the tent. He was pulled all the way out, then the hands let him go. Ollie ran back in the tent and grabbed his flashlight, but as he shined the light, there was no one there. Only the pitch black tundra was in front of him. The night went by, but this time, Ollie didn't sleep. He lay there for hours until morning. 
Then suddenly, he got the urge to pee, and had no choice but to go outside. It was still dark outside, but Ollie could see a bit. When he went outside the tent, he saw something. On a nearby hilltop was a human-looking silhouette. Beside the human was a reindeer silhouette. Ollie blinked his eyes, then nothing was there. When morning light came, Ollie quickly packed up his tent and left that place. He walked around one kilometer when he saw an ATV coming towards him. It was Johan again. They started talking again. Johan asked how the night was, and Ollie told him what he had experienced. Johan just laughed. I told you to ask for permission. If you don't, the dead won't let you sleep. Ollie also told Johan about the silhouettes. Johan told Ollie that no one travels with a reindeer like that anymore, but he was sure it was the spirit of a dead person that he saw. Johan then drove off into the tundra. Ollie continued his trip. After that night, he always asked for permission before he set up a tent. When he had almost reached his destination, he saw another ATV driving towards him. It was a young man named Ovla. Ovla stopped by Oli and they talked for a bit. Oli asked Ovla about Johan. Ovla just laughed. Daughter Johan, Johan of the Tundra, is a relative of mine. He might seem a bit weird, but he is one of the wisest people I know. He has taught me a lot, especially the importance of asking for permission when setting up a camp. In Sami culture, we always ask for permission before setting up a camp or building something. It's a way to get peace. People who don't do this will not have peace. It's also a way to respect the dead and to remember that this land is their home too. I hope you enjoyed those stories. In a moment, I'm going to reveal which stories were based on truth and which one was completely fiction. First, do you have a ghost story that you've lived or created from your fabulous imagination? We'd love for you to share it with us. Very soon, we're going to be running a story contest where you can be featured on our channel and podcast and in our anthology. We'll have prizes for our winners with a first prize of $100. You can go to blackrosereads.com and sign up for the newsletter and we'll let you know when that opens up. Also, if you're enjoying our channel and you want to support us as small content creators, check out our exclusive products on blackrosepress.art. That's blackrosepress.art. I am a writer and I love journals and notebooks, so as a side hobby, I do create my own. We have several designs on that website that you might enjoy. I'll put a link down in the description below for both the story contest and the notebooks. Alright, on to the reveal of truth or fiction. Story number one, The House in Florida was written by Natural Strategy 9714 and this was based on an alleged truth. Story number two, Lady on the River, was written by Catfan22, and this was the fictional story. It was completely made up. Which, of course, makes story number three, Sleeping on the Tundra by Reindeer Are Awesome, the second alleged true story. I hope you enjoyed those. If you did, 
Don't forget to give the video a thumbs up if you're on YouTube. And if you're on the podcast, hey, share it with a friend. That's a wrap. Until next time, take care and stay creepy.